Now we can actually do the thing. Welcome back to the Judgment Day Remembrance. Uh, low, low splitty. No, 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 no. It goes like this. Hello and welcome to the Judgment Day Refreshment Committee. I'm your host, Sexy Sexy Dory Peacock, and with me as always is my sidekick, Timberlake Morris. That's me. And today we are introducing a new era in the life of the committee, which is where... We were still... Okay, so here's the thing. We're going to rebrand a little bit here. We're going to keep our name. We should... I think we should make it more majestic than just say, oh, we're going to rebrand. Uh, okay. I think, I think we suggest? Sh- uh, at this point, I would suggest that uh, we activate the confetti. They... The, <sighs> you can't that see it. That was confetti. You can't But it's see there. It. <laughs> that was the party thing. And now the aerial dancers will fall from the ceiling on the ribbons. And now they... Yes, yeah, so here they come. So majestic. You can see their crotch fruit for some reason. And then there will be a message in the secret window. Secret window. A movie that Tim is obsessed with today for some reason, even though he hasn't seen it. All I remember is Johnny Depp was in it, and it's called Secret Window. Secret Window. Okay. Tell me what they should see in the secret window. Okay, okay. First, let me explain. So we're going to we're gonna kind of retool the podcast a little bit, because it was really hard to find guests, and also to just do things because I get I, depressed sometimes. I, I think that's not the reason why we're changing in part. I think it's partly because... That, that, that was partly why. Well, that's partly why, but I think there's a deeper meaning here to all this. I think there's a lesson that we've all could learn today. Oh, yeah, there's always which is, a lesson. Which is the we're lesson is lessons. the original point of the podcast was Dory and I would dispense incorrect wisdom about relationships. Not, not incorrect, just uncredentialed and inexperienced. We could we a broken clock's right twice a day. Yeah, that's at, what we at were. least. So we would dispense broken wisdom about fixing clocks, and yeah. then and it was you a know clock podcast. It's come to mine and Dory's attentions that you know we're turning into the millennial version of cat women. Are we? Which is not where you actually collect cats. I've actually gone down in the amount of cat ownership I've experienced in my life. <laughs> yeah, uh, but rather that we should indulge upon the deepest corners of our hearts, uh, which is young adult TV shows and movies. <laughs> Cause see, if, if anybody listened to that last episode, which I hope more people have now because we finally got back on iTunes. Yay. Because I'm an idiot and made logistical mistakes. Anyway, we finally got back on iTunes. So now you can listen to our last episode, which we recorded last July and released last September. Because, again, I'm on top of it. I am on it like blue bonnet. Anyway, so if you remember from that last episode, we have a tendency to mention a lot of our favorite YA properties when we do this stuff. And uh, so I thought, you know what? Maybe us doing that would make a better podcast than us doing what we usually do. So we're I think we're still doing start... what we usually do. We're just, we're just in a way giving in to our, our darkest impulses our darkest yes so like not unlike a vampire so who's ju- died and come back to life as a sexy undead uh petulant creature Ooh, that is a great segue too bad i'm gonna break it up right now okay so basically what we're gonna do is we're gonna review our favorite ya properties if you would still like us to give relationship advice, we will still do that. You can still write to us with your questions. I set up a new email that's going to be way easier than our old email. It's jdrclove at gmail.com. Aww. Yeah, isn't that cute? I feel like I feel like in a way, 
we'll do whatever we can as a Judgment Day Refreshment Committee to help the people. Yeah, whatever you guys want to see. If you guys write into us and you're like, hey, why don't you try this new face product? I'll be like, no, I don't believe in your face products. I I only listen to my dermatologist. I think we should have, you know, this is a new era of the Refreshment Committee. We could do all kinds of things. We could actually look at refreshments at Smith's sometime. Maybe. Maybe. We could, we could actually go... I think maybe we should interview an aerial dancer because I feel like we're appropriating their culture. Okay, I think you're... I, I think you're getting like... I, I think you're getting a little... Do you in think the... we could interview Michael Jordan? No! I think you're way in the weeds now! <laughs> so basically, this is going to be YA fiction and us giving relationship advice. We d- we took a poll um, whether our fans, all three of our fans wanted us to do our usual shtick change it to a YA review podcast or some kind of half-baked mix of the two. And so far, what's leading is half-baked mix of the two. Never know. Anyway, we're not here to debate gayness or or how much those blossoms smell like crotch sweat. Oh my gosh, we are so lonely. Okay, so, Tim Timothy Morris. What? You mentioned vampires. I did. Which I think is great because we are going to talk about a wonderful property that you introduced me to. Oh, yeah. Very at the early beginnings of our friendship, there was very early. Was it during Bad Movie Summer? Oh, was it? It might. I think you and I watched this. I feel like first we've... time when uh, on our own. I was just like, "Oh, we need to watch this," and you're like, "I don't know." And then we did. Yeah, because you saw it in theaters. I did. I something about it. I I saw something about this. I I saw the trailers for it, um, and I didn't. I don't know why, but I felt an, a, it called to me. And I'm really glad I did because it uh, it is some it is some hot garbage. Oh my gosh! It's Hashtag so good my though. hot garbage. So so what we're talking about, if you don't know, we've talked about it before. But what we're talking about here is Vampire Academy. And cue applause. Hey, do we have a clip? Academy. Do we have a clip? We have a clip. Please don't say Vampire Academy. You know how I feel about the V word. It's good to see you. Back off, blood whore. He's mine now. God, I hate high school. Let's let's first, Tim, I think what we should do here is you talk about your experience seeing it for the first time, and then we'll summarize it for our listeners, and then we'll revel in its radness. So go go ahead with your... How did you wind up seeing it in theaters anyway? I just wanted to. So I, I got a bunch of friends. I drove down to Provo with some of my Provo friends. I'm like, we need to see Vampire Academy. And they're like, why? And I'm like... Because and we did, and this was, I think I think we need to set the stage of two that what two thousand twelve thirteen was it two thousand twelve when that came out? No, it was thirteen. I think it was after I got out of school. So I I I saw this movie in two thousand thirteen when it came out, um, and I think people kind of need to be taken back to it because it's almost like we can't remember a time. Dory and I are in a show right now, and there's a throwaway. We're in a comedy parody play, and there's a throwaway joke about Edward Cullen in it, and it's kind of fascinating because I think it's funny sometimes when he shows up and the audience doesn't quite know what to do with him. Yeah, because it's so <laughs> old. Like there's like there's a point in the show where Edward Cullen literally is like, "Too late, I'm no longer relevant," and he like fades away into like the mist. It yeah, it, vampires have kind of we I think we all kind of forgot about Twilight in a way. Yeah. It's like we we reveled in it as a culture. We you either loved it or hated it or hated to love it or loved to hate to love it. I did all those things. I, and I think we could I think we could do a whole episode just about the Twilight franchise. Oh, we shall. 
Someday. I mean, it's, it is kind of a masterpiece. Anyway, so it's 2012. The Twilight craze is kind of fading. All the hottest takes have been expunged into the ethos. And right on the cusp, and, and, and at this point, the, the, the hot ticket was kind of transferring at that exact moment to uh, young adults' uh, post-apocalyptic fiction. Oh, yeah. So All like the... your Hunger Games is, your Maze Runners, your Your Shailene, Divergence. Your, your Divergence and Submergence and Allergence. A resurgence, regurgence, regurgence, <laughs> emergence. Yeah, all those. So it at this time it was kind of an odd property because it was like a February movie, and uh, no one, no one saw it. <laughs> no, they did not. Um, and it was it was a kind of at the wrong time. It was at the end of the trend, yeah. uh, right when it was ill reported to be released. Um, I think we should say that since then, young adult paranormal romance has found a place to stay forever in the loving arms of uh, television. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot being done in television that's really exciting, and we're going to talk about a lot of that too as we yeah. go on. But Madame Hare Academy was so it it it's its big thing. It was selling is it was directed by the director of me the director of Mean Girls. I I, th- I don't know. Let's let's go to the Google IMDb that Google break. It was 2014 when this came out. Oh, yeah. So that was way after the trend, because I think the last Twilight movie came out in, like, 2012. Oh, yeah. Because I went to see it with the guy I was dating, and he was really upset that the the end turned out to be not real. Yeah. We'll talk. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. It's so... Sorry. This is Bill so exciting Condon, for me. You've, you've moved up in the world, and someday you'll move back down. Um, it, uh... So it was directed by the guy that directed Mean Girls. And so they're kind of selling it as like Mean Girls, but with like... Vampires and magic. Vampires and magic at like a boarding school. So it was kind of like vampires meets Harry Potter meets Mean Girls. Yeah. What it is, is very different. And I think that... True. Really, if you if you are if you're listening to us and you're like, well, should I, I'll tell you why you should listen to this or watch this movie. Listen, listen to us. I'll tell you why you should listen to us. Because, you know, we'll tell you what, we'll tell you the tea on, <laughs> on the vampires. Tea is drag queen slang for gossip. Tim has acquired, in our, in our great hiatus, he's acquired a weird love of drag queen slang. And I've been trying to tell him that he can't really make fetch happen, but he's determined. Anyway. That, it, it's good, it's good stuff. I have a Stockholm Syndrome case developed with RuPaul. Um, yeah. A- anyway, we someone, gotta get back to Vampire Academy. Someone rehabilitate me and I'll feel better. Uh, what is, what is... Our name of our lady. Oh, uh, Zoe, Rose. Zoe Deutsch is Rose. the actress. Rose, right. She's the main character. So so let me tell you the reason why I think we love Vampire Academy is because yeah. it is normal hot garbage. Yeah. That most YA stuff is, like your beautiful creatures. Oh, yeah. And, and the like. But Vampire Academy has something very special in Zoe Deutsch and and, and Rose, she and, and the character Rose, who she plays. Um, I kind of like to describe it like it's kind of like Hellboy. Um, Hellboy is a story about Ron Perlman dressed up in like a ridiculous, like slathered in red paint and like with like horns and a giant fist in his right arm. And he's constantly like punching like netherworld monsters and that sort of thing. And then he's 
uh, he'll be like, and then another one wants to be like, this is my plan to destroy the world. The seventh gate of the hell shall open and the czar shall return. He's like, shut up. And he's all quippy. He's all quippy, but in a way where he's like, he has no time for any of the nonsense that is kind of just inherent in his life. Right. Um, and he's just like, shut up. And he'll punch something. And that's kind of what Rose is like. That is a lot. Rose, Rose is surrounded by vampires who are all about like, oh, the covens and the blood families and returning and the secrets. And then she's like, guys, my favorite berry, my favorite pink berry flavor is, and then she'll just go off. She's completely unimpressed and sometimes amused by the lunacy of the world she inhabits. And this is incredibly to Zoe Deutsch's performance. Like she is having so much fun. Oh, yeah. And, and I think and, as a result, that, everyone else is having fun, too. Well, yeah, that's the cool thing about this movie is that, like, they don't they don't go halfway with it. Like, the people making the movie know that it's a little bit ridiculous, and they steer into the skid in a way that's just so perfect. And people notice that in Zoe Deutsch. That's why now she's in that, that James Franco movie, um, the one where he's, like, a millionaire. Uh, not him. Why him? Why him? Yeah. With Brian Cranston. Yeah. Yeah. So Zoe Deutsch, it's going to be fun to see her do more stuff. So let's hurry and explain the actual plot of Vampire Academy. And yeah. I've been I've been working on this. You can do it. I've been working on this it's a little hard. bit. It's, so, it's a little hard. So basically, here's what happens. We got our hero, Rose Hathaway, played by Zoe Deutsch. We got her best friend, Vasilisa Dragomir, <laughs> who is the last of her line. They take a brief explanation, which I won't get crazy into, of how vampire politics works. Because her, this isn't... Her name is... Dragomir. Yes, her name is Dragomir. And uh, the other, in, in the book, you get to see some of the other royal family names, and they actually make a lot more sense. They're just kind of like average Eastern European names. But for some reason, Dragomir just gets to be awesome. It's the best one. It's the best one. So yeah, they have this whole, so so if you're familiar with vampires, usually they're sort of lone rangery, like the Cullens or like Lestat. In this, you get like a whole vampire society. And there's three different species in this sort of underground vampire world. There's the Maroi, which are vampires that are just like your average person, but they suck blood. They're like they're like normal ass vampires. Normal ass vampires can't go out during the day, but they are also like they also are not immortal. They can be killed by pretty normal things as well. They can they can go out in the day, but they get sick. They don't die. And they can, but they can die in like a car wreck or whatever. And somebody does. Anyway, and then there's the bad vampires, the Strigoi. They are immortal. They're super bloodthirsty and vicious and have basically no soul. How does a, how does a Strigoi get made? A Strigoi is created when a Maroi sucks the blood from another Maroi and kills them. I thought it was so. when they kill any time they're drinking. Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So so you can suck blood and be fine and they get their blood from like willing donors. Um, But if you kill someone by sucking their blood, you will become a Strigoi. And there are some people who do that on accident. There's some people who do that on purpose. There's also kind of a loophole where if a Strigoi kills you by draining your blood and you're a vampire... Or even, I think even humans, if a Strigoi kills you and makes you drink their blood, they can turn you into one against your will. Okay. So that's... that's they didn't ex- really touch on that in the movie. In the movie, they don't explain that, but in the books, they do. 
I think we should. Dory so, has read the books. I have. I not. have. I have listened to all of the books on Audible. Anyway. So the basic plot is that Vasilisa Dragomir is the last of her family because her family, her brother and her parents were killed in a car wreck. And at the beginning of like their junior year of high school, her and Rose escape from Vampire Academy and go live on their own in the world for reasons neither of them really understands. They just felt like they were in danger and they took off. They get caught by government officials and people from the school who bring them back and force them to go back to high school. Vampire High School. Vampire Academy. At Vampire Academy, which is a school in Montana for vampires. Yep. Now, this is where we got to explain the third race of mystical creatures. This is a race called the Dampir. And the Dampir are half human, half vampire. And they, for some reason, are extra, like, strong and nimble. They're more talented that way than humans are, or Maroi. And that's why their job is to protect the Maroi. They can go outside in the day. Yeah, they can go outside in the day. They don't have to drink blood. They do whatever they want. And so Rose is is a Dampier. Her mm-hmm. friend Vasilisa is a Maroi. And also the last living member of her royal line. Ray, And there's some kind of vague plot against her, the nature of which is mysterious and hidden in a series of strange events involving dead animals, in which it's also implied that, like... Anyway, in, in this series of strange events, it also becomes revealed that Vasilisa has a specific type of magic that nobody else has. So normally it's like a avatar, the last airbender dealer where every, uh, every vampire is specialized in, they all, they either have one affinity for or one affinity, but eventually a specialization in one type of the traditional four fire, wind, earth, water. They have elemental magic. Yeah. So, you know, because it's not enough that they're vampires. They're also basically wizards. Yeah. They're also, yeah. (laughs) So they all have elemental magic. Lisa has never has never specialized, and it's implied that maybe she has a fifth type of magic. A fifth M- element, multi, if you will. Multi-pass. Multi-pass. Lilo Dallas. Anyway, so this strange fifth magic, which we come to call spirit. Because of course it is. Because of course it is. Can heal people, can even bring stuff back from the dead. But it takes a crazy toll on Lissa where the more she uses the magic, the more crazy bonkers she goes in the head. And also it physically hurts her like she gets cuts on her arms. Metaphor. Metaphor. So anyway, we slowly find out that there is another member of the royal family who wants to seize power in the vampire world. Oh, yeah. There's a vampire monarchy. Did I mention that? There's so much in this. There's vampire royal so, families. I feel like the weird thing about this is like, there's so many intricacies to the, uh, you know, people, people like to piss on Twilight. Rightfully so. Of course so. they do. Um, and rightfully so. But you know. It is a urinal cake of a franchise. It, it is. But what Twilight at least has going for it in a way that a lot of these don't is that um, Twilight as has an entry. She didn't, Twilight was written to be a standalone piece. And am I correct in thinking that? Like Twilight, like the, she wrote it, Stephanie Meyer wrote it, and then this, the, the saga came afterward. Yeah, I guess. And I think in some ways she always intended to, but Twilight stands on its own as a complete narrative. 
Yeah. Um, Vampire Academy, lovable, lovable child it is, is... Part of a much larger world. It's part of a much larger world that only just is getting going. Now, it works as a movie, and I think it's enjoyable just because there's this girl that just does not care. Like... And like this girl that does not have shits to give about this about this world she's in, or even the, if she's gonna get a sequel, it's it's infectious. But I think to this movie's like detriment is the fact that there's so much going on in this world that in these books, of course, it's paced in a way that works. But the golden, the golden, you know, the golden goose of movie making was always franchises. You know, you want to have more than one. Poor Vampire Academy could never get past the first one, but but it it was so full of franchise kind of stuff. But that's such a shame. See, here's, see, now we have to talk about, let me, let me finish the plot synopsis and we'll talk about why it doesn't work. So uh, basically the plot is this other member of the Royal family is trying to stage a coup and he needs Vasilisa's magic to heal him of a congenital vampire disease that he has so that he can take over and become king of the vampires. And the rest of it is all detail. So he kidnaps her, tries to get her to help him. Her friends come and save her. All's well that ends well, blah, 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 blah. Meanwhile, Rose, our main character, is falling in love with her mentor and instructor, who is a cute Russian guy seven years older than she is. And And she's like 17 or something. She's 17 and he's 24. It's not right. And it's barely not right. And Lisa or is maybe falling it is in right. love with... I don't know. It's okay. It's uh, okay. Let, me, let me finish. Uh, Lisa is falling in love with uh, the emo boy of Vampire High School. Somebody who's incredibly not popular because his parents chose to become Strigoi. He's basically a parody of Edward Cullen. Like a self-aware parody of Edward Cullen. It's great. I guess. He's... I don't know. I guess. There's a part where... He's, he's got the tortured elements, but there's, for there's different a, reasons. There's a moment... The, the, one of the jokes is that he's always just appearing in places. Oh, yeah. And then uh, the, and, and, some, and the roses are constantly like, why, dude, what's wrong? And there's a point where, you know, in the third act, there's like a car chase, and suddenly she's looking in like the backseat of the car she's in, and he's just there huddled up in the corner <laughs> pouting. And she's <laughs> like, really, dude? Really? Yeah. When did you get here? Really? Hey, what is it? Nothing. No one's there. Yeah, so here's here's why it doesn't work. The Vampire Academy novels are kind of amazing. Are they? Yes. And I and when I say amazing, I mean fascinating. I'm not saying like they'll blow your mind like like any better sci-fi franchises, but th- the world building is so cool and so fascinating because it it makes up for what Twilight what Twilight screwed up in this one way, which is Twilight doesn't, Twilight doesn't do enough world building. The main, or rather it does. Well, no, 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 no. See, here's the thing. Someone asked me once, why don't the vampires in Twilight just take over the world? And I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, they can go out in the day. They're invulnerable. They're immortal. They don't have any of the traditional weaknesses of traditional vampires. Why don't they just rule the world? And they also, even in Twilight, they have their own government. But it's such a, like, crappily set up, poorly thought through government. And it undermines its own, like, the book undermines its own conceit because they set up the idea that vampires are almost impossible to govern because of their heady nature and how driven they are by their id. And then they introduce a vampire government. 
And so there's no reason for people to follow these vampires. There's it's, no reason. It's a question like, of not that I think it ha- there's no world building. It's just that there's not an interrogative world building. Right. There's not a sense of like what it, it, it's, it's like the simulation isn't really carried out in a way that really pushes those elements to so they work. Vampire Academy, on the other hand. Does. Yeah. Because they have this whole, there's this whole world with this whole social structure. And in the later books, a vampire academy actually becomes almost more of a political thriller. And that's interesting because the, sh- the movie adaptation is kind of veering that way, but without really having the time to establish all these characters, you get the sense it would have been better as, you know, oh, who'd have guessed a TV show. Right. It would have been way better as a TV show because with the movie, I feel like the, uh, this is the other, this is the problem with vampire Academy. So the book itself is not full of great prose, but it is rich with incident. There is something happening like every other sentence in the books and it builds on itself in a way that would work really well in a serial format like TV or even an episodic format. So when you try and take the first book and condense it into a movie that you could possibly franchise, you have to keep a lot of that incident, but you drain out the things that books and TV do well, which is connecting those incidents with... what? Do, how do I say this? Connecting those incidents with mood and emotion mm-hmm. and getting to see how things affect the characters so it kind of drains out the incident stays but it drains out the lifeblood of the characters and of the piece like vampires do to humans as a vampire does to a human to a human but worse than that like they have to they have to decide which incidents to cut and then they have to kind of rush things together they have to they they did a lot in the movie to sort of smooth over the lore like, they don't explain the things about turning someone into a Strigoi against their will because they just don't have time. Yeah. And in the book, having spirit magic isn't just, like, a metaphor for mental illness. It causes mental illness. And it's different for everyone. So Lissa, in the book, instead of having, like, magic wounds that show up when she uses her magic, she is an actual cutter. Like, oh. She actually cuts herself. Because using her magic takes such a toll on her mind that it causes these like legitimate psychiatric symptoms and she deals with it by cutting. And in the book, there's also this whole arc with where they find other spirit users and they find that they can treat the symptoms of spirit use with regular antidepressants but that also kills their ability to use magic. And so they have to choose between their ability to use magic and being sane, basically. Yeah. So there's, there's the books have like all these awesome, rich conflicts. Like they have the vampire world has all these social problems where they actually have a shortage of dampiers. And especially they have a shortage of dampier women who want to become bodyguards because Maroi women want to have Maroi children, so they will marry Maroi men and have vampire babies. Oh. And Dampier men, so they so Dampier men don't don't get to have partners a lot of the time unless they marry a human. Because 
another thing they don't tell you in the movie, two dumb peers can't produce offspring. They're like mules that way. Oh. Which is which sounds like a bad comparison, but that's actually what it says in the book. So the only way for This is a great this is a great book series. Yeah. So for any way for them to make more dampiers is to hook up Maroy with dampiers. But Maroy women won't marry dampier men. So you have all these disenfranchised dampier men who just live their lives to be bodyguards. You have very few dampier women entering the workforce because most of them live in these little colonies where their whole job is to take care of the children of Maroy men, most of whom are married and then have a dampier mistress in one of these little communities. And so everybody is like, everybody is like half brothers or half cousins with each other because there's so many men who have Maroy men who have a Maroy wife and a dampier mistress. And it causes a lot of weird social inequality and spirit magic is kind of weaved through each of these conflicts because it could solve those conflicts, but at, but at a really, a really steep personal cost. So it's it, the movie is awesome to watch because it really is wonderful hot garbage, and they compensate for a lot of things that they lost story wise by making Zoe Deutsch's character just so damn charming. Mm-hmm. But it is really a shame that nobody turned this into a series. Because maybe, it's maybe such it'll a get one. Maybe. I mean, Netflix. If you're <laughs> listening, please. <laughs> well, I mean, Shadowhunters happened. Shadowhunters Shadow, did happen. Shadowhunters happened years after the fact, but it happened, and it is cotton candy. I mean, it is sublime. Okay, yeah. So Netflix, if you're listening, we need a Vampire Academy series. Well, you you need it. I I need it, and I need I need an adaptation of the Shadow series about Sydney Sage, the alchemist. I I yeah. I don't I don't know. I don't know if I would waste my Netflix genie wish on that personally. I, I probably would waste it on something else. What would you waste your Netflix genie wish on? Oh, gosh, that's really hard. I don't know. Yeah, I'll, I'll come back to you on that one. Because I don't want to, like, waste it on, maybe like... Maybe an Ender's Game series? Maybe. No. Maybe. I don't know. I don't... Because the thing about, about Netflix wishes is they tend to be, like, do you want one more season of a thing? Oh, yeah. Or do you want... Uh, what, what thing do you want adapted that never got an adaptation? Actually, you know what? I know what I do want to spend my Netflix wish on, um, which is uh, I want an adaptation of the Clive Barker Aberat series, which is a little series that no one ever heard of. I don't know. Which is, yeah, it's so it's a young adult kind of heroine thing, came out kind of around the Harry Potter zeitgeist. And it's very Clive Barkery and full of great weird art and paintings. And I found that series really interesting. That would be really rad as a show or a movie set. So that's what I would spend my Netflix wish on is that. Oh my gosh. That is so cool that I think our next episode should be just me asking you about Aberat. I'd have to reread it though. Oh, well, it's we'll see. It's been so long. Maybe I could reread it. All right, kids. That's it for our show today. That's our first episode in our new format. Tell us what you think on our Facebook page. Our Facebook group is just called the Judgment Day Refreshment Committee. We have a Twitter, which is at JDRefComLove. Which Story promises to use. Which I always promise to use. My fingers aren't crossed or anything. Um, you can also tweet at me, at Dory E. Peacock. You can tweet at Tim, at Tim's Twitter. I think you should just start using that What's, as your main Twitter. Sure. What's your Twitter, Tim? It's still at CyberMormon. 
at Cyber Mormon. Cool. Also, you can use our new email address, jdrclove at gmail.com if you need romantic advice or have things that you would like us to cover. And uh, yeah, go ahead. Contact us this week. Tell us what you would use your Netflix genie wish on. Oh, yeah. And uh, this is our sign off. <laughs> I just want to point out that while you're singing, you're not actually Googling. All right. Remember, everybody, we're not going to judge you, but we will bring the jello salad to your trial. Bye. Bye. But when you mention flat up in heart.